Hey everybody, this is Perch, and I'm here with Joe Corallo. How you doing? I'm all right, Perch. How are you? Well, I'm I'm doing okay. It's uh, it's Captain America's 80th anniversary. We are seeing a number of announcements around how Marvel is is choosing to celebrate it. But I think you and I are about to celebrate it by talking about a a pretty epic run from way about 30 almost 40 years ago now. Yeah, this is uh yes, over 30 years ago uh, is. The uh, whole Captain America no more where uh, Steve uh, surrenders the uh, the shield and the costume and the namesake and mm-hmm. uh, John Walker takes over. Uh, that's issue 332 uh, during Mark Grunwald's run. Yeah. And uh, continues on for a year and a half. It's issue 350 when, when Cap yeah. uh, finally... Uh, regains the Captain America mantle. And it's important for people to remember um, that this, this was when comics were actually shipping monthly. There weren't, there weren't extra ships. So they didn't go weekly and nothing like that. It, it truly was a year and a half. Yeah. Captain America out of the costume. Um, John Walker there. And, and this is good timing because we're about to get the, uh, the Falcon and winter soldier series, which is yes. in theory going to borrow heavily from all this. Yes, it's going to. I believe uh, Flag Smasher is also supposed to show up in it. Yeah, that's what I've yeah. heard. Of course, John Walker is there, and it's yep. this kind of mantle, this legacy of Cap. Obviously, will be a different story because of of Chris Evans and and all that. But uh, I, I I I don't know this this series. We were talking a little bit before we start recording that uh, Captain America during this time period. Uh, was it, I mean, it was an excellent comic. It had a lot of subplots and a lot of depth to it. And I think a lot of, you know, you made the comment that a lot of people remember Chris Claremont during this time era uh, doing subplots and, and doing mm-hmm. these very detailed storylines, but lots of comics were during this time. Oh, a- absolutely. Uh, that was kind of the modus operandi of every major Marvel comic and even DC comics. Uh, Jerry mm-hmm. Conway and uh, Doug Manks, uh, Batman Runs. Uh, going back and forth between Batman and Detective was very similar. Yep. Uh, but, you know, beyond that, you, you can make the argument that part of that was they were doing stuff at Marvel first. And uh, you look at the way uh, Jerry in particular did his Spider-Man run, which is something else we'll eventually talk about on, yes. on one of these because I love it. Yes. And, uh, you know, you could give a lot of credit to Jerry for being why Spider-Man continued uh, to be uh, a major seller after uh, Stan's departure from the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, all of it is these these subplots and, and creating new and, and compelling characters. Um, for example, with Jerry's run on Spider-Man, you had the creation of the Punisher. Yes, absolutely. You know, that's that's major, and uh, he would create Killer Croc in his Batman run. And here with Mark Grunwald's on Cap, he created. You know, sure, he created the Armadillo. We we don't hit everything out of the park, <laughs> but you know he D-Man also was in there as well. I mean, D Man's also yeah. he's in there for a bit, but like, but D Man like D Man was supposed to be a loser. He was never right. supposed to be a cool character. Um, that's that's true. But uh, yeah. ironically, we're supposed to love him now, so he will be the next member of the X Men. Probably yes. Yeah. Uh, but you, you had he, probably one of the bigger creations he had here, which we're not really going to get into because this comes more around the Bloodstone hunt, is right. uh, Crossbones. He's probably yeah. the most iconic villain uh, that he created uh, during his 10-year, slightly over 10-year tenure on the book. It's close to 11. Uh, it's probably about 11 if you count him editing the book because he was right. the editor uh, while Mike Carlin was writing uh, Cap. But then at issue 307, they flipped, and then Carlin was editing uh, while uh, Mark took over the book because he just loved the characters so much. And eventually, um, Ralph Macchio uh, took over uh, as the editor. But, you know, there would be more editors down the line. Uh, Jim Shooter was still the editor-in-chief when this was going on, and by the end of all this, it's, you know, Tom DeFalco. Mm-hmm. So th- there's a lot of moving parts here. 
But uh, during this earlier tenure on the run, uh, Grunwald created uh, Flag Smasher, who we're supposed to be seeing in uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, who yeah. I think is a great character. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there's a lot of memorable pieces. I think he he also had Scourge and several others that he brought during his time. Yeah, uh, there is a mountain of IP in these pages that could easily become Disney shows, Disney villains, whatever it happens to be. Uh, it's it's actually quite astonishing how much material got stuffed into these. I, and maybe it's just I don't. We don't. I don't know if it's 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 looking at the past with rose-colored glasses or not, but it's there's just almost every issue was introducing new significant things that then got built up and and put together. This run of Cap No More starting in three thirty two, uh, you're not coming into that cold. They had been setting up this plot for. I was trying to go back to figure out how long, but a, a long like more than a year. They had been setting yeah. in motion. Yeah, John Walker first appears as the Super Patriot. I think it's 323 mm -hmm. around there. But even before that, the Serpent Society plays a big part in this. And the Serpent Society is the the seeds of it are right off the bat around 307, 308, where you have towards the end of each issue uh, more serpents that are talking to each other. And then it gets revealed more like maybe it was 310 or 311 when the Serpent Society really. Um, you know, becomes a big thing, but they're, yeah. they're setting that up. And the serpent society is, is another interesting uh, way to go about this. Take like, just looking at the landscape and being like, there's all these like snake related villains. Let's, yeah. you know, let's create the, yeah. Create the serpent society as, as a really interesting uh, villain group for cap to deal with. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the first character or villain rather he creates for this run in 307 is Madcap. Right. Madcap yeah. would go on to be more of like a character that would show up in things like Deadpool. Right. But Hulk and other things. Yeah. Yeah. But he started here with, with Cap and is a really interesting uh, character. Madcap feels ahead of his time in in quite a few ways uh, oh, yeah. because of how he's the, he's uh, and look, I, I love Grant Morrison's doom patrol, uh, with Richard case and all that. We've talked about that. He's mm -hmm. a bit of a precursor to Mr. Nobody. He absolutely is. No, I, I, I've always thought so. And, um, yeah, it's interesting to see these origins here of these characters. And, and again, all these characters, I think that can be, turned into pretty major pieces. We'll get to this a little bit later, but it is just amazing how much content was just spilling out of this run. And you're talking, you know, this, this issue of Cap No More, starting 332, goes to issue 350. Uh, you're talking several years. How long? Grunwald was on this book 10 years, like you said. Yeah, he issue 307 was uh, July of 85. Mm-hmm. And then 442, I want to say, was his last issue. I think Wade started at 443. But yeah. um, that was August of 95. So, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to even believe. I mean, it's it, can you even imagine a run like that today? Uh, like, a, Especially for the big two. I mean, indie yeah. comics can do it, but I, I just, you wouldn't see this anymore. Yeah, you don't really see this anymore. And, and even then, you didn't see runs this long. Uh, yeah. I mean, other uh, comparably long runs, you know, like Michelinie on Spider-Man, but even then was uh, amazing, like 296 to mm -hmm. like 388 in like yeah. that area. So like, you know, almost 100 issues. So like that kind of stuff wasn't, it, you know, wasn't common even, but to have uh, basically over 130 issue run was very rare. Uh, and it's interesting that Grunwald doesn't get talked about in the same way as, as people like Claremont uh, mm -hmm. for, for what he did. And uh, to also build on a point you, you brought up before, there is so much IP here which is part of 
what made the movies so infuriating. And I feel like you're <laughs> probably going to agree here and yeah. can jump in with your own stories. But I remember after Winter Soldier, we're two movies in, people, people I know, I would see movies with, I would hang out with, who would be like, I don't know what else you do with Cap now. They already did Red Skull and they, they did the <laughs> the Ed Brubaker Bucky stuff. I don't know what else you do. There's nothing left. Yeah. Like yeah, but, but you, yeah. <laughs> people were very genuine and serious and earnest about like I, I don't think there's what else you do with Cap. I, I mean, absolutely it's amazing um how people's memories go from the origin, fighting the Nazis, some Red Skull stuff. Winter Soldier, and we're out. Like that's that is Civil War. We'll do that at some point. And, and they just yeah. you just skim over forty years, <laughs> and yeah. and not forty crappy years. But I mean, there were there were so many pieces in here, um, and uh, not everything was was perfect. Grinwald uh, did give us some. He did give us the famous uh, Captain America addicted to crack uh, storyline, which was not a highlight. But no, we'll we'll. We'll probably do Streets of Poison at some point. Another day, yeah, yeah. But it's it's not it's not that bad. But. No, no. I mean, <laughs> I, I I would take uh, <laughs> I would take it today. Um, before we go into this, I also want to get your take because uh, with with new news by the time this goes out, maybe not. Um, uh, Tanahishi Coates uh, has announced that he's wrapping up his run in June with issue number thirty. Um, where do you where do you rank that? Uh, where do you rank that run? I've, I've talked about his work on the title and how I feel like almost it was set up for, for some failure, but what, what, what's your take on his run? I, I, I agree. There was uh it was going to be almost impossible for anyone uh, mm -hmm. to follow that up because they're like, okay, well, you're going to take over. We had Wade do a few issues, but caps a Nazi uh, you're going to be writing cosmic cube cap. Yeah. And then, you know, try to figure something out with that. We uh, we completely destroyed all goodwill related to Captain America with a, a disastrous decision uh, with, with Secret Empire and not even the first Secret Empire because nothing right. is, is new and original. So... So yeah, so I'm empathetic there. Uh, I'm sad that we we never got up until now. Who knows what the future holds? We we never got Tani Ishikot's Spider Man because that's what he wanted to write, and I yeah. would be interested in that. I so I I felt the same thing as well. I I think what is it with this desire of you get somebody because Tani Ishikot's has kind of stated at various times he doesn't necessarily know the mythology of Cap. C.B. Sobolski, there was some comment about how he, he was going to come in to kind of help explain to Coates some of the bigger parts of the run. But at the same time, uh, Coates is saying that he's a huge fan of Spider-Man, had apparently a pitch that people said they liked, but they didn't want to give him because he was too much of a fan. And he actually knew the character in the history. What are you doing? Like, why? Yeah, it's... It's disturbing to me, that kind of stuff, because it's like you're reaching out to a, a higher profile writer. You, you, you want you want you reached out to him. Right. To be like, hey, we want you to write for us. And then he's like, great, Spider-Man. And they're like, no. Yeah. It's like, so why are you, why are you doing are you that? Doing? Yeah, I mean. And and it also seemed like it became uh, bait because Coates, uh, I don't know, controversial is the right word, but but he has this 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 built-in kind of reputation of saying things that are controversial in terms of, of America and some of its principles. Why would you then want to lean directly into that and say, well, you're going to write Captain America? Like all that's going to do is you piss some people off. Maybe other people will be excited that they're going to see your take on it, but. Are those people reading comics in the first place? Are they going to pick up a month? It just seems like you're you're making all the wrong decisions to squander somebody who may have had a really good idea, but you're not going to tell that story. Yeah, it, it was uh, very bizarre, a missed opportunity all around. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I genuinely don't understand why they handled it the way they did. I don't get why, like 
he did bring in some people uh like uh roxanne gay and yona harvey mm -hmm. but um both of them kind of like roxanne gay is still doing comics and uh yona harvey's fine um she, she's someone i know i talk to she's a professor uh she doesn't she doesn't need comics but um you know, and that's sad that I'm saying like she doesn't. So you don't need to that comics money. You're a college professor. Yeah, but that's yeah. right. But um, but yeah, uh, he brought in people, and then that kind of got uh, pushed to the wayside. I, I remember uh, Yona Harvey. They were really pushing that she was the first black woman to write Storm, which is true. And uh -huh. um, what was it? It was uh. The Black Panther uh, was Black Panther and the Wrecking Crew. I think it was that and the crew and the crew. Right, right. That's yeah, the, the Wrecking Crew is the bad guy. Sorry, that would have been a completely different comic. That, that would have been. been. I would have liked to have read that I comic. Would, uh, I would too. But yeah. um, but then uh, she did that, and then everyone forgot about that almost immediately after. And then yeah, that's yeah. that's a whole thing and then people you know celebrate things that had already been happen happened uh, a couple of years later uh because why not but it's just a strange, <laughs> a strange collection of choices i i just yeah. don't i don't get it um and it feels like a very it feels like intentionally steering into the worst possible decisions you can make but well, that's well, comics yeah that's that's comics that um, is comics but um but, but yeah it doesn't always have to be comics and and sometimes you get stories like this which i know i know the, the only stories you can tell with cap are red skull and winter soldier i get that but um but no there there is all these things there is so much you could do just with grunwald's first third of his run you could t easily do a movie trilogy just out of that stuff oh absolutely there's so much here that is uh is good um, yeah, it's, it's, it's dozens and dozens of issues. This particular one, the one that at least we're going to see play out to some extent, this idea of cap no more. Um, it is, as I mentioned, it's, it's, it's building from a bunch of storylines that had, that had shown up. Um, none of this was particularly surprised. They were doing a lot of work with captain America showing his, uh, increasing dissatisfaction with, with the government and kind of what they were asking him to do and the committee and, and the people involved. Um, and it became this kind of lightning rod of Captain America standing up for his ideals. Uh, it gave him a chance to reaffirm. I mean, interestingly enough, in this issue that kicked off this whole storyline, he's, he's walking away from being Captain America, but in doing so is reminding everybody who's reading this, why he is Captain America and what's kind of core to his values. So you're saying it's uh, a comic that's well-written? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a that's a better way to put it. I I I did this, that type of yeah. You you gave the <laughs> it, I, no absolutely. It's it's actually it's well written where everyone benefits, including John Walker through this storyline. Um, he's clearly the wrong choice to be Cap, but it's written in such a way that you're you get to go on that journey with him of self realization and and all the rest. It's he's the wrong choice, but it's also inevitable. You're watching the you're you're watching the inevitable, you know, like train crash or whatever it is. You're just sitting back and being like, "This is this is happening. Nothing can stop it." Yeah, uh, which, which I love. You yeah. you know you knew it was going to be John Walker when when Cap ran away because they set it up with his confrontations with Super Patriot. Uh, that it was before that and then they set up the the um oh what was it there's there's um that sort of bigoted crew mm -hmm. down in georgia that mm -hmm. they set up earlier on and then yes. come back yes. uh during the time where john walker is is cap and, and again it's all they they set these things up and then they pay it off later. Uh, Flag Smasher appears toward the end of, of this bit, but Flag Smasher uh, has like a two-part uh, story with Cap mm -hmm. earlier on where it's the story where Cap has to kill a guy and he kills a terrorist. 
And this is all part of why he ends up stepping away because right. he is constantly reminded every issue or so that he killed a guy. Yeah. And he's constantly feeling like on, on the one hand, he feels like he might need to like stand up for himself somewhat. But on the other hand, he's like, I, I, it goes against everything I stand for. I can't stand up for myself in this instance. So he, he has to like play this sort of difficult role of, of being like, I take, I take full responsibility for my actions, but I don't condone those actions. And he, it becomes complicated for him. No, abs. And before that moment, we had that whole sequence where Nomad was. Well, we had a couple things. We had the Scourge storyline take place, and we had the Nomad storyline take place of Nomad maybe crossing the line. It led additional weight. It's as if this writer uh, was using the art of subplots and uh, foreshadowing to tell a bigger story. I thought uh, subplots were bad, weren't they? It's either subplots or captions. One of those two. Okay, yeah, but uh, I, I was pretty sure you weren't supposed to. That people don't like the the subplots because it takes away from people sitting around and talking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I've heard that comic readers can't remember things from more than two or three issues. So it's weird to say that they're Vincent, say issue three twenty. We're teeing up things in issue three forty. That's twenty issues away. I I mean. Who even remembered? There was no internet back then either. It's true. It's it's so. quite a quite an amazing amazing thing. Well, things that were going on at the time. Uh, of course, we had Spider Man was in his black suit. Uh, Iron Man was having armor wars uh, right about this time. Yes, and we get ultimately we get Steve Rogers, and I'm I'm not jumping ahead, but ultimately this is going to give him his new identity of the Captain and yes. a new kind of trendy black suit. While we get to see the reflection of John Walker as Cap, yeah, uh, yeah, the Watchdogs were that group, by the way. Yeah, the I'm sorry, I, I blanked on that because the, the Resistors are also here, which are trying to liberate mutants. There's there's a lot going on because they're trying to give you a little bang for your buck in these stories and have things happen in them. But all these villains are the Red Skull, right? I mean, yeah. Okay. Yes, that's that. I, I don't think he has any other villains besides the Red Skull. Yeah, there can't possibly be. Yeah, I. Sorry, I I slipped into to sarcasm there, but but in general, um, we get this uh, kind of very well paced. We we have, but there's a lot of people in this. We have Diamond back here. We have the Falcon. We have D Man. We have Nomad. I mean, Iron Man stops in. There's a pretty large cast. Uh, Steve Rogers gets yeah. a beard for a while. You get that. Yeah, there's even a, there's a cameo from uh, Black Panther. Yeah. He gets a shield. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's, there's a whole thing with the shield because it's not easy. It starts with Tony, but then uh, Tony has an armor war and, uh, you know, he can't he can't accept the shield anymore from Tony and then has to go and get it from uh, T'Challa. Yes. And that's uh, that's a whole great bit. It is. Say, no, yeah. I love the, the dynamic of, of they really play with this idea that Steve Rogers is taking his role and his place so seriously that he he struggles now that he's not Captain America, he's not sanctioned with what his new line is. What can he do and, and how far is he willing to go? He doesn't want to step onto the line of kind of vigilante justice. So even though... Again, this entire thing is a story about how he's stepped away from the Captain America identity. The entire every issue is him reaffirming why he he should have it or why he's the right person for the job. And and he has to think about these sort of things. So in order to convey this, because it's hard to convey these things in the art when these are complicated thoughts someone's having that mm -hmm. you know you you can't really do you know panels of of art that are showing these kind of thoughts, it would require some sort of balloon of thought <laughs> to, to convey this to the reader, which I heard only morons and, and the elderly use thought balloons. <laughs> it's so old fashioned. I couldn't help reading through this and thinking, God, this, this comic, it doesn't work today. I, I don't think this way.
I'm embarrassed by these thought balloons and I couldn't give these comics to people because they would immediately open them and be like, there are thought balloons in here. Are you stupid? Yeah. You know, it's, um, I'm glad that comics handled the uh, terrible thought balloon problem that has plagued us all for, <laughs> for decades. I, I loved uh, throughout this entire thing, and I know we're skipping around a little bit. We should talk about the art here in a moment. But. Oh yeah, it's mostly uh, Kieran Dwyer, but there's uh, there's a few other people involved um, earlier on, and uh, but yeah, it's all it's all good stuff. Well, we we get some covers by Mike Zach. We get Tom Morgan's in here for a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. We get, but I, I like you're talking about the thought balloons. Uh, while Cap is kind of remembering who he is and the ideals that he has and how does he, he navigate them and who's more important, the man, the hero, or the costume. Um, simultaneously, and, and this is where I think, I mean, in this, this run, it's, it's definitely a good showcase for Steve Rogers, but John Walker is handled with such nuance and care. They don't just bring in this crazy, uh, you know, government kind of jarhead person that's just wrong on every level. They, they take time he has these dream sequences where he's uh, he's kind of fighting different versions of, of himself. And I mean, it's it's they do such good work with Walker to set up a character that's going to then last for 30 to 40 years after this, not just as a replacement to Cap, but somebody who's actually three dimensional. Yeah, people were excited that was a Christopher Priest who was doing the uh, U.S. agent yeah. uh, miniseries that that like that just wrapped, I think. Yes, it's it's yeah. it's either just wrapped or it's still there's still an issue or two left. But it's uh, it's it's and and this is a character that's going to show up on the show. Mm -hmm. But one of the keys to that is they they don't they never treat Walker as a one dimensional villain. Every time he comes in, they decide to add layers to how he's in this position, why he's in this position, um, how he is in his own way trying to live up to the legacy, even though he he understands he can't. Yeah, it's it's really done perfectly uh, in the sense that Super Patriot is introduced, like I said, around 323. And there's a couple of uh, instances where he shows up. Cap and uh, Super Patriot do have a fight at one point, uh, I think maybe mm -hmm. 327, uh, yep. before all this happens. So they introduce Super Patriot, John Walker, in a way where you as the audience see this guy and you're like, this guy's a douchebag. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? But then he's offered the ability to be cap and something like flicks in his head. And he's just like, this is like, this is serious. This is like Captain America's no joke. This is an honor. And I need to weigh this decision seriously and then you you see this character is more complex than you you as the reader gave him credit for right but you know again going to the incredible writing that is mark grunwald here he does it in a way where you don't feel like an idiot as the reader you know you're just you're just here for this journey and you see and you're like oh wow i, I really didn't give him that much credit it, it never comes off like you were too stupid to figure that one out you know like it, it's it doesn't come off like that and and you watch no. the character become more mature and have to make difficult decisions like he was palling around with the buckies and and characters like that but he had to cut some of them loose uh yes. he, one of them stays on uh as bucky but then goes by battlestar uh, yes, we get Lamar, who's becomes Battlestar, and that's yep. just another character just kind of gets thrown out here with some depth to it. Yeah, uh, but all of these, you know, the uh, you know, Drome and and these other characters that kind of take on their own identities, you see some difference. I mean, you're left wondering, and I remember reading this comic at the time, thinking uh, maybe this is they're going to keep it this way. Like again, it's going on for more than a year, and they seem to be settling in on walker walker is growing and evolving and maturing and trying to do the best he can yeah it it created this wonderful dynamic where they were you know you took this you took the character seriously because yeah. the company and the writer was taking the character seriously 
Yeah, and he puts his life on the line. He deals with the watchdogs early on. It's I think his first mission is, yeah. you know, um, him and Lamar have to go down to his hometown, and they add all these stressors to it. Like, this is happening in your hometown. You can risk uh, people figuring out who you are and all of that. Yeah. We later find out that this is all intentional because this is part of a grander plan, and he was always meant to fail. Right. They were intentionally putting him in positions to ruin the reputation of, of Captain America because that was the overall goal of a, a segment of uh, the commission. Yeah, which was which was again was 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 great um, in the sense that you you have this guy introduced as kind of a douchey person. You build up his his background. You do do this the stuff with Battlestar that that actually builds up that character, and you you find yourself slowly through this moving from I hate this John Walker character to rooting for him to succeed because he is trying. Again, he's he's the wrong person in the role, but he's trying to do his best. You you want you want it to you want it to work out. You find yourself hoping that things are going to happen, and then so that that final reveal of basically that, that he had, he never had any chance to succeed. Yeah. Is, is, is crushing. I mean, you, you're, it, it is, uh, it's just such a, a wonderful way of doing this. Oh yeah. And this is also where we see a tie in. That's not that bad. Most tie ins are terrible, but there's mm -hmm. a fall of the mutants tie in here. Yeah, uh, 339. Uh, to give you an idea of the longevity of this event, uh, Fall of the Mutants happens a good six, seven issues into this thing, and it's still going during Inferno. Right. Yeah, exactly. They, they don't do a tie-in to Inferno, but they reference Inferno, and then uh, Cat, you know, the captain has to deal with, um, was it Famine uh, right. at, at one point? And it just feels natural because the way, you know, Grunwald sets everything up is it was just like, oh, there's this thing uh, that's doing all this damage and killing people. We got to stop it. It just so happened to be famine. No, it's it's uh, I, I, this whole comic. I mean, every issue has a a high amount of action. They're able to somehow drive character development while actually giving us lots of villains. I mean, there there is a huge cast of villains in this. Oh, yeah. Um, we get, um, you know, we get Famine, we get Flag Smasher, we get uh, the Serpent Society, we get uh, Mr. Hyde, we get, mm -hmm. um, what is it? We we get Diamondback, who, the, the Rachel Layton uh, right. version of Diamondback, uh, who... Is this like anti-hero? Do we trust her? Do we not trust her? So we're getting all that development here, uh, too. And then, you know, uh, what was it? We don't we don't directly get a scourge, but there is an off, you know, like, uh, meanwhile, bit yeah. to remind you of scourge because scourge comes back, or at least someone pretending to be scourge, I think, in the issue immediately after, three, you know, for 351. Uh, so there's there's all this stuff happening here. You you have the resistors, you have the watchdogs. Uh, it's all yeah. these different villains happening. There is an incredible. It's just an oversized issue, uh, three forty four. Yeah, I was... that today would be a gigantic crossover event. You're right, but it's so quaint. Because this issue, uh, 344, is uh, the Serpent uh, members of the Serpent Society. I believe the Viper was behind this. Right. It was a Viper. Yeah. She poisons the water supply in Washington, D.C., and it turns everyone who drinks it, including the president, into Ronald Reagan. Yeah, Ronald yeah. Reagan himself, into a horrifying snake monster. Yeah. And uh, the captain, Steve Rogers, has to break into the White House and fight snake ronald reagan mm -hmm. and um it sounds silly when you say it but it's a really good issue um 
It is. No, Kerwin Dreyer is doing an amazing job. Uh, Dwyer, sorry, not Dreyer. uh, It's doing an amazing job during this issue. You get a lot of villains. You get Snake Regan. Now, I know this is... um, I don't quite understand, though, because uh, comics were not political back then. So how could there be a Snake Regan? No, absolutely not. Uh, It's it's crazy. There's uh, all this government intrigue with the commission, and uh, Mm. does the president know what's going on with the commission, and uh, all, all these kind of things, and you know, having these things happen in Washington D.C., uh, having uh, Cap actually say that not every president was great. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, you know, very, uh, very political uh, rhetoric here. How did? Um, yeah. So, by the way, this issue where he fights Snake Reagan uh, does end with. Reagan more or less restored, but the final shot shows him with snake fangs. Is that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think continuity, we left Reagan kind of as a little bit of a snake monster at the end of this. Yeah, you know, and that's that's a little little treat, you know, yeah. writers can tee up for themselves to come back to later, you know, it's uh, yeah. but but yeah, all this is happening. <laughs> um, and then Probably in part because the X-Books were so huge. Not only did you have that Fall of the Mutants crossover, but you have uh, quite a bit, not a ton, but a decent amount of stuff with Val Cooper and Freedom Force. Uh, They appear in uh, at least a couple of issues during this, and they started appearing uh, before the, you know, Cat No More stuff. You know, to just just keep things kind of like, all right, we're... Don't worry, we're, we we know those mutants. Well, it, it, felt like a, it felt like a very connected world. I mean, the interaction yeah. with Black Panther and, and Tony and then the X-Men villains showing up, it felt like a, uh, a combined universe where everybody was coordinating somehow. And you got a, you got a really solid, you know, you got a really solid, complete story where the characters could lean into lean into things. We do get to issue uh, 345 where it feels like John Walker is trying desperately to live up to the legacy and, and do his and, and, and make it work. And he understands to some extent he's, he's got a lot of work to do. I think Battlestar is helping him along. And then his family gets attacked Mm -hmm. and he has to go in and kind of save them. And this leads to one of the most disturbing scenes i mean there's multiple in this book i mean oh, it, yeah you're trying to hang you they're, they're gonna hang him um these kind of you know the, and then his parents get just gunned down and walker murders everyone yes that's it's it's really disturbing and uh kieran dwyer's art here is is incredible it's no, it, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a strange. Um, this is the Watchdogs group, and the comic is kind of moving along. I don't know, relatively like any other comic, and um, you know, they they go to hang him, and he breaks free. The parents are gunned down. Then we get like multiple pages of him impaling somebody with a rifle and throwing a pitchfork through. So, I mean, we 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 turned to super murder. And then there's this this final scene where you know it's it's not going to go well, and this is the impetus that has got to bring Steve Rogers back to the, the the identity, where Walker is is sitting there kind of cradling his super bloody bullet ridden parents and uh, and talking to them as though they're alive about his new job. Uh, yeah, that, it's that, that went dark. It's so powerful. Be- it's powerful because these comics are usually not this dark. No, no, not at all. This is this uh, is the darkest it got probably since Cap had to kill that terrorist, um, you know, well before this in that Flag Smasher two-parter earlier on in the run. Well, because it pulled the rug out from everyone. They, you had, you, I think comics and stories in general, this kind of episodic storytelling is good when you, you can keep people um, guessing. You can keep things shifting around, but not so much that it destroys the foundation you're building along the way. And in this one, we got 
the foundation of Cap. He's questioning things. He takes himself away from the identity. We're rebuilding up his character, reaffirming who he is. In comes John Walker. It's disconcerting that things have changed, but John Walker is slowly building up, you know, better and better credibility. He may just pull this one off. He's got his friend there. Um, he's making some of the right choices not to rely on his former friends who are now up to no good. And then this yeah. moment hits and it is just, it is a complete, um, it, it's, it's like everything you've been built up is over. And you get this, this shot with his friend kind of trying to talk to him and he's clearly out of it, doesn't know what's going on. And it's, uh, you move into right, right with these, um, these mutant terrorists here. It's just, it's, it's a wonderful accounting. And at that point you're, you're going full speed ahead and you get this shadowy Steve Rogers looking character now starting to emerge more and more on the scene. And you're, you're getting kind of the, the picture of where things are going. Yeah. It's, um, you know, the, give some context for, for people who yeah. might not be familiar with this. Uh, his two other friends who are the other Bucky's who didn't come along with him, uh, Hector and Jerome, who mm -hmm. did not pass a background test. Right. Uh, stormed a stage for the announcement that, um, not that John Walker was going to be the new Captain America, but that there is a new Captain America. They storm the stage and dox him on national television, which is how the watchdogs know right. to find John Walker's parents and kill them. But this right. was all part of the plan of the shadowy figure uh, who, who has ties to the commission. And to further make sure that John Walker is mentally unhinged, forces John Walker to fight the resistors on the day of his parents' funeral. Right. And is told you if you, you cannot like the uh, the reason you're still allowed to be cap is you're, you're basically on probation. If you do anything at all that skews from any orders, you're done. And again, this was a decision made to ensure that he was going to murder more people, basically. Right. You know, which makes him. uh even angrier at Jerome and, and Hector, uh, so he would uh, threaten their mothers and yeah. uh, then uh, one of their fathers. And that leads to a fight in which he uh, nearly kills them by burning them alive. Yeah. I mean, you have this shot, and it's worth mentioning, uh, Dwyer is, is, is absolutely killing it at this point in the run of this shadowy walker kind of threatening uh hector's mom the next time you see your son tell him he's a dead man i mean there's just just across the board the expressions of the character that the, the I, I mean the the story is great but the art is is selling it so well at this point i dwyer I, I don't believe gets nearly enough credit for what he's able to pull off in the page because he's doing some of the best work in comics right about this time oh yeah this is an incredible story and so much is happening we haven't even touched on uh was it nomad and d-man's um uh, rivalry they're not getting along and mm -hmm. um you know nomad just hates the guy uh while d-man's trying to like do the right thing but like he's just he's played off like he is a loser he he's that he's the kind of loser that tries to make friends with like money and doing favors. And it comes off very pathetic. Yes. But they're very upfront with that. And then he ends up being, uh, the one to sacrifice himself later in, in the story, you know, or so we think, um, yeah. that, that he's dead, but he, he then m makes this sacrifice and the whole flag smasher, issue uh mm -hmm. to to stop the these uh horrible things from from happening by having to like crash a plane but he's not able to get like out in time and it's, it's a whole thing mm -hmm. no i i mean everybody benefits i mean over the course of the entire run that grinwald was on this this book um the amount of love given to the supporting cast including just like the C and D characters in this book. I mean, everybody gets at least a purpose. There really is no wasted character in all of this. 
Oh yeah, no, there's no one wasted. Uh, we even get like a phone call with uh, Bernie Rosenthal. Yeah. Um, you know, she's great. I love her. Um, I like it? this. You mentioned this this shot where he does go back and he he finds Hector and and Jerome and he he takes his revenge. And this last page here, where he, I mean, he 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 kills them both. Yeah. And you see this shot that that Dwyer does where he's he's walking away from where he's got these two tied up. They go, uh, I've got my arm free. I think I can reach the, and then it explodes, mm-hmm. killing them both. And you get this red and orange, uh, you know, colored slight smile on Walker's face. And he goes right back into this dead eye stare. It's like, this is, yeah, this is one of the, the one of the best pages um, in a comic. It's, it's just, it's incredible. This whole thing, it, it's so powerful. Everything leads up to it. Once you, you're reading this once you get to and not that everything else isn't great before this but once you get to 344 with um viper's uh plan yes it's just you're not going to want to put it down you're going to be like all right i gotta get to the end here i I gotta keep going uh there's just no way you're you're going to want to stop everything just leads up to this like big uh finale the entire yeah i mean this it it reads um not quickly but it is like it it's the equivalent of a a show you'd want to binge today you you want to go through all of it and it's uh it's great stuff the two characters are on a head-on collision uh walker is uh is definitely has snapped and is is everything that we feared he would be at this point Uh, we get the flag smasher showing back up again and I love this this back and forth where Smasher's got a you know hostage and he thinks he's dealing with Steve Rogers. I think yes. so at this point. And he's like, Captain, good to see you again. Now drop your weapon or I'll use this sniveling scientist brain for paint. And Walker's like, no. And yes. <laughs> he's like, well, what do you mean? I know you have a regard for human life. He's like, go ahead and kill him. You'll join him in seconds. And it's it. It's fun to see Flag Smasher completely uh, just, I I mean, at this point, even the villain's like, you know, you're not the real Cap. What's going on? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's so good. And and all of this leading to, you know, 350, the finale, where, you know, they finally state right on the cover the dramatic return of the Red Skull. Right. And we we find out that Red Skull was the one pulling the strings uh, to make sure that Cap's reputation would be tarnished by having John Walker be Cap and and to ruin the legacy of Captain America beyond Steve Rogers, just the entire legacy. Yes. And it's just brilliant. It is. It is. Um... I mean, we, we've seen a lot of storylines where the Red Skull has some master plan. Um, obviously, we saw that in the Brubaker run. I mean, I, I, lots of lots of writers have done that. I mean, the, the Coates run is doing that right now, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, the Red Skull having some big sneaky plan has been done many times. This one felt like the most kind of, I guess, authentically comic book. Yeah. And, con- and, and it had all the right elements. It was set up so well. It really was that it's not enough to beat Steve. We have to beat the, the costume, the identity, the government, I mean, everything. And that's why all this was pulled together. And it, it, it really, it really pulls it all together very nicely. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's so, it's so good. And, and it's done in a way that makes sense. Cause I can imagine people who aren't familiar that don't, that that aren't familiar with the story, haven't read it, uh, for the reveal there to be like, it's the Red Skull. I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, of course it's the Red Skull. It's so boring. Who cares? It's like, that's not how this is played yeah. out. The, the Red Skull hadn't been in the comic for about 50 issues at this point. Right. Like, this is a character, they, they thought he was dead, but again, a, a very well-timed return that is probably comparable to 
you know, Magneto being the person to return in, in new X-Men and Morrison's run that like shocking sort of return because they really don't outside of the, you know, like putting it on the cover of 350, all this lead up, they don't really make it seem like that's what's going to happen. I love how when they do, they do put all the cards on the table and reveal this plan. It happens over about six panels. Yeah. Like it didn't take 12 issues of uh, <laughs> like, he just lays out, no. he lays out the plan. Um, it leads up to this final confrontation of uh, Steve versus John. Mm -hmm. And John is, is further enraged because he believes he saw Steve because the Red Skull is kind of wearing his face. Yeah. And so you get a really nice uh, battle between the two. Uh, they've established multiple times. Again, subtly, I, I get you have to read this to really kind of understand, but at no point does the comic tell you, like in a little blurb, uh, John Walker, scientifically stronger than Steve Rogers by 20%. They don't, they don't do anything like that. Instead, that when they have uh, Walker fight Flag Smasher, he'll say something like, you punch harder than Steve. Or they just, they, they nicely set up this fight at the end here where Steve is, um, is, is in trouble because they've established that John is more powerful than him, more reckless, willing to take more shortcuts. They, you know, they, they further kind of show Steve kind of the different horrors that John Walker has done. And it's just a, it's a long fight. Yeah. In this issue. Um, and, Steve kind of has, I mean, he, 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 not a, not a complete cheap shot, but he, he basically, he's able to win. And then the, uh, it, it's, it's, I think Walker then it, it's not a redemption angle exactly, but basically he helps take down the red skull that ruins his identity and turns him back into the red skull. Yeah. Um, it's I, no, it's just, it's, it's really, it's really well executed. And of course this leads to him resuming the shield. And um, it's, it's almost like this is a, a good celebration of his anniversary. Yeah. Who'd have, who'd have thought it would be a, uh, a, a wonderful celebration of uh, Captain America. It's a, uh, it's, it's a great way to, to celebrate cap is reading this, especially if you haven't, or if you haven't in a long time, it's it's incredible. Um, there's so much great work going on here. Um, you know, there's uh, like we we're saying, it's uh, mostly Kieran Dwyer, but um, Tony Dezaniga. Sorry, I'm butchering that name. Uh, does inks Al Milgram, or um, yeah, Al Milgram does inks so for a bunch of these issues incredible Mike Zek covers, especially for the earlier part of this. Oh yeah. Um, and, and some, some really solid Tom Morgan, Tom Morgan work. Um, uh, this, this shot of Captain America standing in front with kind of head down and this bloody flag behind him is one that we've seen a lot. I'm curious how much of this does get picked up and, and adapted with Falcon and winter soldier, but it, I mean, it's all right here. Again, the, the crazy part is that you can go after this run. Once Steve Rogers has regained the shield, right into a ton of stuff i mean we we go we have the soviets we have the, the bloodstone uh, hunt yep there is there is so much here that is given during this run that is is absolutely incredible and um i, I don't know it this now it's not that hard to find these comics is it in in terms of having them in trade um very luckily the captain is coming out again in epic format. You should be able to get it. Um, the where you're going to be shit out of luck is the Bloodstone hunt. After this, in epic is out of print, and I believe Justice to Serve, the one before this, is out of print as yeah. well as um, the Suspiria Stratagem. That one's out of print. And I think the Society of Serpents is near out of print or out of print. Most of these epic collections are, but this one that has the captain uh, is going to be in print. However, 
the Captain Epic Collection for no reason starts at issue 333. So you miss the pivotal issue in that collection of him <laughs> actually surrendering the the shield. You're fucking kidding me. No, I I am not. Yeah, that well, that's one of the stupidest things I've heard all week, and this is a <laughs> stupid week. Well, because instead they collected 332 and justice is served for no reason. The epic collection before that, which I believe is out of print. Yeah, that's terrible. Yes. Um, I don't, I, I mean, we've, we've done a video on this before. I, I don't understand at all who's making these decisions other than a, a, a complete crazy person. Um, yeah, I mean, fortunately, I think on Marvel Unlimited, you can, uh, these issues are there. So at least if you're willing to submit to that, you can get those issues uh, on digital. Um, it It is a very worthwhile run. I mean, this entire Grunwald run is just great. Yes, there's some weird stuff. Yes, you do have Captain America uh, becoming a drug addict. And I think you have Captain America, Wolf Captain America, I think, during this as well. Yeah. Uh, wear but, cap, if you will. Wear cap. Yeah, there you go. That's, a, that, that's the... That's the not stupid way of saying that, um, but you you get the the positives massively outweigh the negatives, and I would argue again, Streets of Poison and some of these things are uh, absolutely better than some of the storylines we've seen in recent years. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> this idea that Captain America becomes drugged and it it causes him to react in a certain way is uh, far from the dumbest thing you're going to read this this year. Yes. Uh, lots and lots of guest stars, the Avengers, uh, villains everywhere. I mean, you will see everything from Magneto to the Kingpin to Crossbones to ev everyone. Like, we go through a massive rogues gallery of, of really threatening villains. Nobody is really treated like a dope in this. The villains are actually threatening. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, for, for sure. I mean, there there is uh, bickering between members of the Serpent Society, and there are lighter moments in the run. But sure. the threats are all there. Yeah, yeah, and this this uh, it's it's very good. So if you're if you're tuning into Falcon Winter Soldier, you're interested about parts of this. Um, I, I mean, we'll see how the show plays out, but I'd have a hard time believing that they're able to do everything they do in this comic. I don't think we're going to get John Walker snapping and just murdering people with a pitchfork, but maybe Disney Plus will surprise us. We will see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, it's it's really good and it's surprising. I don't think uh, th they've done so much to kind of whitewash a lot of this run in recent years that it's uh, it's nice to go back and look at it again. I don't know. Very very good, Eric Cap. What's better yeah. for you for Cap? What what runs do you remember that kind of would top this? There's not much. Uh, again, uh, Roger Stern, John Byrne, which was very short. It was like nine issues, but mm -hmm. but that was uh, really great. Tremendous. But uh, it's hard to find other runs that are really better than this because there really is a lot going on here. Um, oh, we did go over the uh, early Brubaker stuff, and uh, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, I I prefer this. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's, uh, it's funny when you read this. The Gru the Brubaker run feels less original. Uh, oh, yeah. There's, there's definitely some, some retreading there. But I mean, how often in comics do you get a, a ten year run of this? You know, that that's quality where you get to see a lot of different things. I mean, it's a. Uh, but yet, kind of like we again, we before we we talked about it before we went on the air. Um, Claremont gets all the attention during yeah. this era. Mm -hmm. uh, but this, this was amazing. And, and I think you said it yourself, a lot of writers were using some of these styles. Oh yeah. No, this was, uh, it was common to, to do these. You, you, that's how you wrote comics at that point. You, you'd have your a plot, your B plot, you'd finish your a plot. And then one of your like B or C plots would come forward to be the a plot for the next couple issues or so. And, and you'd keep sort of alternating like that. That's just how you did comics. And uh, Chris Claremont gets a lot of 
credit, rightfully so. He did a great Definitely job. Rightfully so, yeah. But um, that uh, other people were doing similar things. I, I, I John Byrne was clearly doing that in Fantastic Four, and you know, plenty of other comics. You know, uh, Simonson's Thor. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't just a series of one shots or one long story. Uh, you know, that was like unbroken. It was yeah. It's a lot I of mean, I'm trying to go. Th- I mean, it it is this. People ask a lot of time, I, I, they, what's my favorite era? I often point to the 80s. This is why, though, is in, in Marvel in particular, you had Claremont and X-Men, you had Grinwald on Cap, you had uh, Michelinie on Spider-Man, you yeah. had Simonson on Thor, you had Byrne on Fantastic Four. That's that's an insane lineup of talent oh, yeah. stories. And all of these were were really long runs. Yeah, it's it's crazy how it all happened. Uh, we're we're lucky that happened. We're lucky that uh, they're out there to read. Uh, if if people haven't, or you've been shy of Captain America, or you think like, oh, Cap works in Avengers, but I don't really care about his solo stuff, that's because you haven't read this. So, right. so yes. get, give it a shot. Uh, so get stop sounding like it. an idiot and, get, <laughs> and check it out. <laughs> that's the perfect way to end this. Stop sounding like an idiot. Uh, hey, Joe, yeah. thank you very much for um, a very good hour here talking about a great comic. No problem. Thank, thanks for having me. I love talking about it. And we, we got to talk about uh, good comics again soon. Yes. Good comics. Are, that's, that's the antidote to so many things. Hey, it really thanks is. Thanks for listening. <laughs>